There we are, the children in worship. And uh, it's going to be just an awesome time for them to learn from God's word and on their level. And uh, so that's for ages three years old up to fifth grade. There's classes for them. And also we do have nursery care. We have some amazing volunteers in there that will share uh, God's love and uh, love with you as well to, you know, be able to sit in church and just relax. And so, um, you know, I was just I was kind of praying about it this morning about how cool God is, you know. Uh, About December time, Martine and I kind of came together and we just were talking with one another and we just kind of started talking about this idea of live streaming our church and what that could look like. And we were kind of like talking about, you know, why would we do that? What's the benefits to that? I don't know. You know, we're not trying to be an internet church or anything like that. And and, uh, for whatever reason, God just kept pushing it on our hearts and all of a sudden we started working on it. And uh, it was just, it's just to me, it's really cool that, you know, uh, at this day and age, uh, we can, a- we're able to put our service, uh, there are families right now in their living rooms or wherever they're at, uh, watching the live stream and being connected to Sunrise Church. And it just is one of those reminders that as though this may have surprised a lot of us and we're all kind of questioning about what we know about it, nothing surprises God. It just, like, he's like, I got it covered, guys. I'll help you guys out. And he kind of put on our heart to get this thing going. And so uh, that's just one of those small ways that I think it just shows me that God's just in control. Uh, God's got this. And uh, to me, it was a cool just God moment that I wanted to share with you guys. So uh, all that to say is we are going to be uh, going through the Gospel of Luke. We are kind of getting to the near tail end of that. We actually only have about a month left of Luke. Um, and maybe you've noticed this as much as I, I have, is, is Jesus has kind of almost ramped up his, uh, his teaching. It's almost like at the first part, he was really kind of just like helping them get introduced to who he was and what he came to do and why, he, who, you know, that really big of who he was. And now, now that they kind of got that, they're kind of getting it, he's really amping it up to be like, this is what I came to do. And he's just like throwing all kinds of information. So maybe as you're reading your two chapters this last week, you were just like, whoa, he's throwing a lot out there. How do I, where are we going with this, Jesus? And I think one of the things I love about Jesus is he's someone who just, he knows what time it is. He knows that he's on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross for our sins, to provide a way to be connected to God in a whole new way. And he is just not taking any of the time that he has left for granted. And I love that about Jesus is he's just kind of just opening the floodgates to his disciples and sharing all this information with them. And uh, a lot of it they're they're really not getting yet. Um, But before we dive too far into our text today, which if you want to turn your Bibles there, it'll be in chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 to 37 is where we'll be. And uh, I have a question for you guys. Have you guys ever been taught something or given information on things that you wouldn't use for quite a bit time later. Uh, this happened to me, like the first thing that kind of popped in my mind when I thought about this is the fact that uh, when it came to dating, uh, I remember my mom uh, from a very young boy teaching me on how I should treat a woman and how I should act when I'm on a date. Usually it was in the sense of, when you're on a date, you better not do this, you know, and, and kind of, you know, give me those instructions on how I should act at the table and all that stuff. Uh, the thing is, is when she was teaching me a lot of this stuff, it was uh, when I wasn't that interested in girls at that time. I was more interested in running away from them than catching one, you know. So uh, that was when I was getting a lot of that instructions. But then came along high school and my first high school dance, and all of a sudden I remember sitting at a table with my friends, 
And my uh, friend who was my date at the time, I was just like nervous. I was trying to recall all that great information she had shared with me of like, what do I do? Do a napkin on lap, uh, no elbows on table. You know, I'm trying to remember all the key things that I was supposed to remember from uh, several years before. And I think that in a, in a similar way of getting information that maybe they're not going to quite use for a while, we get these, this story of what the disciples were kind of learning. They're getting some of this great information, but the reality is, is they weren't really getting it. They weren't really truly understanding what Jesus was talking about. And, and the reason that they wouldn't understand is, one, they still didn't quite understand what he meant when he said he would die and rise three days later. Like, they understood it, and they had faith that something was going to happen, but they didn't quite understand what that thing was. And so they're really struggling with that part. And then he just keeps talking about this thing called the kingdom of God. And he's just, they're just like, is that, are we, I know you're using those words, but I don't know if we understand them quite right. And so as we jump into this, you might be seeing that the, the, the disciples and all the people around Jesus are really struggling to understand some of that. So let's just jump right into our, our scripture today. And uh, we can kind of flesh some of this stuff out. So again, our reading is Luke 17, verses 20 to 37, which this is what it says. It says, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God is not something that uh, can be uh, observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will no longer, or when you will long to see the 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 days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not uh, go running off after them, for the Son of Man is, uh, for the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning, uh, flashing lightning in the sky from uh, one end to the other. But first, he must suffer uh, uh, many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it is, or just as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage uh, up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the floods came and destroyed them all. It was the same on the days of Lot. People were eating, drinking, buying, and selling, planting, and building. But the days of Lot, uh, le- or the day Lot left Sodom, fire and uh, sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be like this on the days the Son of Man is revealed. On the days no one, uh, uh, on that day, no one who is on the housetop uh, with possessions inside should go down and get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Uh, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be lying in bed. One will be taken, and the other one left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken, the other one left. Where, Lord? they asked. He replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Now, there's uh, a lot to be gathered from this. And the, the, where I want to kind of start off with is this idea of uh, the kingdom of God. Now, this is actually only really talked about in the New Testament, the kingdom of God. Uh, that phrasing, at least, is really only talked about in the New Testament and primarily from Jesus. And actually, uh, Luke is the, one, the gospel where the, it, it's talked about the most. And uh, Jesus is going to be using this phrase over and over again. And 
The thing is, is it's not necessarily that the Old Testament is absent from any kind of mention of a kingdom of God. It's just they don't use that phrasing. In fact, uh, usually it's this idea that there would be a kingdom that God would be over. Um, but the, the ongoing thought at that time, especially in Jesus' day, is that that would be Israel. That this would be uh, Israel is that chosen people. It's that chosen uh, uh, part of land that God has given a people. And that they would be the ones who are established as the superpower over the entire earth. And they would reign over everyone uh, and, and glorify God. And everyone would know that their God is the one true God. Um, and so <coughs> a lot of times uh, people are kind of questioning and trying to understand what he's talking about in this kingdom of God. Are they the same thing? And uh, the prophets a lot spoke about this, and, but it's not really the same kind of phrasing. Jesus is, keeps speaking at, on it in a different way. And so uh, I want to kind of just real fast go through uh, some of the things that Jesus has already shared with us about the kingdom of God through Luke, because uh, Luke will actually talk about the kingdom of God over 30 times. And just in these two chapters uh, is about 20 percent of that, the, that 30 that Jesus is speaking about it. So it's very important for us to understand. Um, so I'm going to have some notes on the screen that you can and all the, the places where it's located is right at the end. So this is kind of what uh, Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, first, uh, sharing about the kingdom of God is very important, is essential to, the, to what Jesus came to do here on his earthly mission. Uh, the next thing is that the, the hierarchy, the way that things would work as far as the kingdom of God is very different when it comes to the kingdom of God. Uh, it, 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 the people who are important on earth maybe aren't as important in the kingdom of God and vice versa. The people who are overlooked um, maybe or won't be overlooked in the kingdom of God. Jesus wants his followers to share the kingdom of God, and he does that with his disciples and, and now uh, with us as well. Um, being a part of the kingdom of God means separation from this world. He, he's, he's making a dividing line that being a part of this world and the kingdom of God do not coexist that you can't hang on to the things of this world. You have to let those things go and live primarily for the kingdom of God. Uh, the kingdom of God is uh, advancing and coming. This is not something that's just on a hill somewhere that you got to go visit. This thing is moving, it's coming, it's here, and uh, we have to deal with that. Uh, the next thing is that not everyone will be a part of the kingdom of God. Even though uh, all are welcome, there are many people who will find themselves outside of it. And the last thing is, the kingdom of God is not just for one people group. It's for anyone. It's not, and that's maybe the one that the Israelite people were struggling with the most. It's always been about them. But now he keeps talking about this in a way that it's for more than them. It's beyond them and beyond their borders. <coughs> so, even though Jesus has been saying all this, you're going to notice a lot of back and forth where they're not, quite to get, trying to, they're not quite getting this yet. They're trying to understand it, but it just doesn't make sense to everything that their, their teachers have taught them before, and it's just a real back and forth with it all. And so Jesus is going to continue to answer questions and dive into it just through our two chapters here, and then also beyond this, because this isn't all 30. This was just uh, uh, what we've been up to so, till right now. So uh, when Jesus kind of speaks to this, he, this is what he says. He says, the kingdom, uh, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. I want to stop there first. 
Uh, that last little section, in your midst, can be translated in a number of different ways. Um, and uh, one of the, if we were just to do kind of like a word-for-word translation, and I have the, the text as well as uh, what it was looked like in the, the I think, Greek, uh, but I don't speak Greek, so I'm not going to try to impress you with my terrible translation of it, uh, but there it is. If you can read it, good on you. Um, but if you were just to translate that for word for word, it would mean uh, in, uh, is in wi- or sorry, is within you, is within you. So the kingdom of God is within you. Um, and so the problem with that kind of translation is it almost keeps it secretive. So the kingdom of God is within you. And maybe if you've been a Christian for a while, you're like, yeah, God dwells within us. That makes sense. I, c- I can understand that. But the kingdom of God, when Jesus speaks about it in any other place in his scripture, uh, he speaks as a, as a very public manner, that this is a big deal, that when he comes, when his kingdom comes, it'll be seen all over the place, that it will be heard all over the place. There's nothing private about coming to Jesus. And I really want to push against this idea because I've, I've heard this several times where people will say, well, as a Christian, you're just supposed to keep it silent within you, you know, qu- keep it to yourself. You believe what you believe, I'll believe what I believe, and we can all just go on with our merry lives. But what Jesus says is, no, people will take notice when you're one of my followers. People will, in fact, not like you sometimes because you're my follower, and they'll reject you. And in fact, when they reject you, they're actually rejecting me, it says in John 3. And so it's important for us to understand, no, people will take notice that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. So it's not something that's just going to happen within you. It's something that's going to happen very publicly, in fact. Uh, Another way that you can understand this, or it can be translated, is the fact that um, it's within your midst. And that's maybe as many of our translations say, and that's kind of the most common way to understand it. And if we understand that Jesus is the embodiment of the kingdom of God, which he was, then we can say, okay, He's right there in front of the Pharisees. He's within their midst, right? I'm right here. The kingdom of God is right here. We can understand that. (coughs) Excuse me. But the problem with that is the fact that uh, when Jesus talks about the rest of what we're going to read here in a second, that doesn't necessarily make sense. I mean, when he talks about the fact that he's going to be gone and you're going to hope for a day when he was there, what what does the kingdom of God mean for that? And so I really like how N.T. Wright breaks this down. And so I'm just going to read from your book, or from his book, uh, called Luke for Everyone, because usually when you can come alongside of N.T. Wright, you should, and you should just quote him, because you can't sound better than him. And so uh, I'm just going to read from his book a little bit of what he says when it comes to how he says that we should translate these last little phrase uh, when it comes to uh, in your midst. He says uh, the phrase is, uh, in your midst uh, actually should be more active. It doesn't just tell you where the kingdom uh, is. It tells you that you've got to do something about it. Uh, His suggestion is that it's within your grasp is how we should translate that. Uh, It is confronting you with a decision, a decision to believe, trust, and follow Jesus. It isn't uh, the sort of thing that is just going to happen uh, so that uh, you can sit back and just watch it. God's sovereign plan is to put the words, uh, the world uh, to the right is waiting for you to sign on. That is uh, the force of what Jesus is saying. Within your grasp, if we were to understand that that's how it's translated, that the kingdom of God is within your grasp, I love that because it causes a reaction to us to do something about it. 
He's right there. Jesus is right in front of him. The kingdom of God is right in front of him. If they would just take a hold of him, take a hold of what he's telling them to do, then their life would be radically changed. Everything about them would be completely different. It would no longer be just about them. It would be about the kingdom, about God, which was always supposed to be what it was about. It was never actually supposed to be about the Israelite people. It was always supposed to be about them pointing to God so that the world would recognize God, not them. And so it's important for us to understand that exact same thing. As citizens of the kingdom of God, it's not about us. It's about us pointing to God. It's about us saying, we follow him, and he's the one in charge of this thing. He's the one running things, and luckily for us, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. So the kingdom of God was in your grasp. It kind of reminds me of uh, this, uh, this story that we read later in uh, Luke 18, when a young man comes up to Jesus and he says, uh, I, I followed all the rules, I've checked all the boxes, um, what do I lack to get to the kingdom of God? And, and Jesus says, you have everything but one thing. Uh, sell everything that you have and follow me. And the young man walks away disappointed because he was rich. What Jesus was offering him was the kingdom of God. He said, if you would just let go of this world and hold on to me, then you would get it then you would understand and you could trust. And that's what he's speaking about ahead of time too, is the fact that we have to let go of what uh, this world is offering us. And each one of us, that's going to look different. For some of you, it's your finances. You, we can trust in our bank accounts and our, our, our ability to make money. And so we say, oh, I, I'm, I'm good. I, I can build my life on the fact that I can provide for my family. And the truth is, is that's not a bad thing. Many of the things that we build our life on are not bad things. They're not sinful things. Uh, they're, they're good, normal things. You should be able to provide for your family. Yes, that is a good thing for you to do. But when you trust your entire life to that thing instead of God, it starts to not be able to hold the weight that you're putting on it. There's a weight that only God himself can hold. And when we place that on anything else, it will crumble whether that's our finances, whether that's uh, our, our uh, ability to be consumers, right? I, if I need something, I'll just go buy it. I'll go to the store and buy it. And then a uh, sickness comes and everyone freaks out and makes sure they can go out and buy as much stuff because their stuff's going to keep them well. Uh, and that's not really what's going to help you stay well. It's not the stuff that we have. It's Jesus. And, and maybe it, people put that, oh, I'm, a, I'm in the United States. Uh, we, can, we can stay healthy. We can stay okay. And then all of a sudden the news starts to grow crazy and we're saying, well, maybe we, ca maybe we can't rely on just the United States to keep us safe. Maybe, oh, I don't know. I'm a little worried now. Yeah. There, that's, that's not a weight that they can carry. We only can rely on God to protect us, to provide for us, to keep us stable. He is the only one who can carry that weight. Remember, these are not bad things. It's not like we should frown upon any of these things. It's simply the, for the fact that God himself can only hold that weight in our lives. And so we have to properly hold that to God. Uh, I think of it this way. There was this uh, time I, I got to go uh, to a, a ropes course. Uh, maybe some of you have done that as well. A uh, ropes course is just a fun time. It, you get to high, get up high in the sky and then, you know, do random things and try not to fall is really the, the whole thing. Um, but I was in this ropes course, and uh, it was this thing called the leap of faith. And so what it is is this big pole that is in the ground, 
and then it just stretches really high into the sky. And uh, I was in a forest, and there's a lot of trees all around me. And so the goal of this is to climb up the, the pole, and then, then you just jump off to get this bar and hang on to the bar. And then you lower down. It's pretty cool. Um, and so from the ground, I'm like, this is easy. This is super easy. I'll, I'll do it, no problem. And so I actually have a, a video that you can put on as well, and it kind of shows you what it looks like when you're, when you're doing something like this. This isn't me. Um, uh, do we have the video? Okay. Oh, yeah, so there it is. This isn't me. This is just someone that I, I found that was pretty similar to what I ended up getting to do. So you climb up, and you just kind of climb up the side. And from the ground, you, you feel really brave. You're like, yeah, I got this, no problem. But as you're climbing it, you'll start to notice that this log maybe wasn't as secure as I once had thought it was. Um, so as the wind blows, it kind of rocks a little bit, uh, which made me a little nervous. And so then you get to the very top, and I was thinking, oh, this will be simple. You just stand up. But the thing I didn't realize is there's nothing to hang on to up there, okay? You just have the circle, the top of the log, and you have to stand up like this on top of it, right? And so uh, I didn't quite understand, know how to do that. So, uh, of course, I put my knee up on it, and the guy shouts out. He's like, that's the worst thing you can do. And I was like, well, I'm doing great. <laughs> this, is, this is going out awesome. And so uh, once you get to the top, you basically have to just trust your legs. You've got to push up and just stand up. Uh, to, to the very top of that. And you look down, and all of a sudden, uh, all your braveness, all your ability to talk smack and say, yeah, this is no big deal, uh, suddenly is not there anymore, uh, at least for me. Uh, and I remember just standing up on top of it, and that feeling of there not being anything around me. It was completely like the rope. I no longer felt the rope that was my harness. I never felt that. I just all of a sudden just felt the, the log and the, the freedom, the, the distance of everything else. And out in front of me is this bar right there, that bar, uh, that's just uh, there for me to leap out and, and grab. Now from the ground, no big deal. This is just a little distance. From up there, really big deal, right? Really far away. I didn't feel like I could jump and touch that thing. I definitely wasn't going to catch it. There's no way. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I remember just standing up there. And I, never, I don't really have a big fear of heights, but all of a sudden my knees started to wa uh, wobble a little bit. And the thing about standing on top of that pole is every motion is also amplified. So the moment that you kind of, your legs start to shake, then it really, the whole pole starts to shake. And I'm just standing there and my whole body is just basically going like this. And I'm going, dear God, don't let me die. And everything inside of me is saying, climb back down, you idiot. What are you doing up here? <laughs> well, it's just, this is not going to go well. This is a bad plan. Get down. And I just, I was just nervous. Like my heart's thumping and my knees are just, are just rocking. And all of a sudden, the, the counselor down there just screams out, you just got to jump. And I was like, well, there's only way, one way to do this. And so finally, I just took the leap, and I jumped. And I feel like that so often is just like with us, with the fact that many times we try to build our lives on something. And we build it, and we're like, no, it's got this. It can hold my weight. I can do this. I'm going to build my life on this thing. And I, as we climb up and we get up on top of whatever we've built our lives onto, thank you very much, uh, all of a sudden we'll, we'll start to get worried when it starts to fall apart. Whatever that thing is that we built our life on. And as it starts to shake and as we start to get nervous and we start to worry, okay, where's our security? Who's got me? How, how can I do this? God's on the other side screaming out, you just got to jump and trust me. 
You just got to jump into my arms and I'll catch you, my son, my daughter. I got you. Do not worry. I'm here for you. I'll never forget the feeling of the bar hitting my hand because it was just so surreal, just catching it and just swinging back and forth with it. And all of a sudden, you feel the harness, you feel the rope. It's all just there. You're like, yes, I wasn't going to die. I was not in danger. It felt like I was, but I wasn't. And so often, that's us with God. We have to trust God and make that leap into his arms that, God, I trust you with this. I trust you with today. I trust you with this decision. I trust you with the chaos of that's swimming around me right now. I trust you. And I know the moment that I let go and jump off whatever ever I built my life on, I'll feel you. I'll know a peace that is just beyond all understanding. And God, I want that. And that's what he's offering us. He's offering us an ability to trust him with that. And the truth is, that's not something that we just do once. For many of us, that's something we're going to need to do daily. Sometimes hourly, minute by minute. God, I trust you with this. He continues on from there. He says, uh, verse uh, 26 through 29, Jesus says, you know, the rest of the world, they're not going to quite understand this. They're going to go on with their lives and they're not going to quite understand what we're doing here. And then he says this, just after that. He says, it will be like this on the days the Son of Man is revealed. On the days that no one who, uh, uh, on that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back uh, any, for anything. Remember Lot's wife. <coughs> whoever tries uh, to keep their life should lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you that on that day, two people will be in bed together. One will be taken and the other one left. And two women who were grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other one left. Jesus is saying, and scripture says that, you know, there is a day that Jesus will come back. He'll come back and he'll right all the wrongs. His kingdom will come and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But we don't have to wait for that day to live for the kingdom of God. We can live for the kingdom of God today. We can live as citizens of that kingdom today. And that's what he's offering us. To jump in and trust him with our entire life. Whatever you've built your life on, don't trust the stuff. Don't trust the things that we have on this earth. Trust God only. You know, uh, there's another story uh, just before this, Luke 17, where 10 men came and they asked Jesus for a healing. They had leprosy, and they, they got their healing. He blessed them and said, go show yourself to the priest, and so they all left, and after they left, one, realizing that he was healed, came back to Jesus and praised him and praised God. See, this one that came back understood something that the rest didn't. He understood who the real priest was. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And he started to understand that was the priest. That was the true priest, the true connection to who God is. And I want more of him. I don't just want him to solve my problems. I want everything that he's got for me. 
And that's the same thing that we're offered. You know, sometimes we come to Jesus and we just got a list of problems that we just need him to help us with, and that's okay. But don't stop there. He wants us to continue to jump into his arms and to trust him with every part of our life. And all of a sudden, you'll trust him in a way that is just insane to the world. How can you be so calm? Do you hear the news? Are you watching what's happening? I know. We're not dumb. But I also trust God. I also trust him that he's going to sustain me and provide for me. He knows every one of my needs. And yeah, sometimes things are going to get difficult. It's not like it's always going to be great. But I trust him that he has the best thing in store for my life. And so, no, I will not join you in your craziness. I will just enjoy who my God is. And that's the peace that he gives us that is just baffling to the world. And that's the peace that he offers you today. And so as we uh, get ready to worship God together with our last song, I'm just going to invite our worship team to go ahead and come on up. I want to invite you to, to just take a moment and pray. God, where have I been building my life that I need to just trust you more? Where have I been uh, standing on my own understanding, and now that the world is getting a little shaky, I just need to be able to jump into your arms? And wherever that is in your life, I just pray that you, uh, through this next song, would be able to hand that over to God, that you would trust him with your entire life. Every section of you can be his. And that you would start to understand in a new and deeper way the peace that he has for each and every one of your life. And so as we sing this next song, give it to God. Get everything, give everything that you got to God.